Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Health Shift, my podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well being. I'm here to help you make a shift. And please note that these discussions are not medical advice, and nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatment. So to let's get started. The rise of plant medicine in modern times is here. From academia to Wall Street, Burning Man to the soccer field, healing power of nature is spreading across the country. Not everyone can take off an ayahuasca journey in the jungle, but everyone can experience sacred medicine through the practice of microdosing. The beautiful practice of microdosing is the practice of taking small sub perpetual, yeah, perceptual doses of psychedelic medicines to promote healing, growth, and transformation. Casey Garrett, our guest today, has over two decades in the healing arts, is the founder of Microdosing for Healing. Her program is a nationwide virtual platform combining microdosing education and a supportive community. The interactive group programs offer unique, intimate community of individuals drawn to practice with diverse intentions, including physical healing, mental wellness, emotional balance, and spiritual connection. Unlike pharmaceutical medications, plant medicines help us to heal at the root cause and show tremendous potential for the healing of PTSD, trauma, adverse childhood experiences, depression, and anxiety. The intention of the program is to introduce individuals to the transformative practice of microdosing earth medicines, inspire a lifelong connection to nature, instill a reverence and respect for the medicines, and create the conditions for healing inside a welcoming, supportive container. Wow, do we have so much to talk about here today. Thank you and welcome, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. So I always love to hear people's stories and how they got to where they are today. So tell us your story and your journey. Mm, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I know we share a passion around this subject. Um, mine, when I look back, actually started quite young. Um, I had parents who, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I had parents who were deeply in love with nature. So I, we spent a lot of times outdoors. Um, doing outdoor activities and foraging, hiking in the woods. Um, my father was very, very fond of mosses and algaes and fungi. And um, so as a kid, I was exposed to a lot of um, nature's gifts early on. So then through school, I became an athlete. I became very interested in biology, science. And for a long time, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I studied pre-med in college. And so I moved to California uh, when I was 19 years old and fell into the healing arts quite accidentally, um, shifted gears away from uh, medical school and wound up going into what was then called alternative healing <laughs> path. Um, and I've since studied a lot of different modalities. My roots are really in somatic therapies. So I spent many years um, in body work um, and grew that into a private practice over many years and then opened our first studio, initially offering just somatic therapies, but then expanding to yoga practice, meditation, um, and many other mind-body offerings um, in a business called Solstice 
um, over the last eight years mm -hmm. um, and had four studios offering an array of kind of a diversified healing arts studio. So my path has been a long one um, and it's been kind of adapting with the world and our community as we've kind of needed to adapt but we'll talk more about that in a bit. Yeah. 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 Amazing. It's so interesting because so many of the people that I've discussed uh, these things with started out on the path of biology and medicine. And, and I was on that path myself. I actually went to chiropractic school for six months and said, well, this is interesting, but I was really interested more in the mental health parts and the nutritional parts and things of that nature. So great. Mm -hmm. And what obstacles got in your way? <laughs> I love this question. I think me is the, is the true answer. Um, you know, we all have our, our life challenges along the way, but I think for me, it was really getting out of my own way in a way, you know, when I started to kind of get the call at 19 to in my early twenties of what I was meant to do in my life path, it was just so weird. You know, it was so different than, being raised on the East coast and kind of conventional, you're going to go to medical school and kind of the conventional path. Oh yeah. And I, right. I'm sure you understand. And so there was the sense of growing up of kind of being a black sheep um, and not having a lot of kindred spirits around um, and being kind of the outsider looking in. Um, so I think it took me a while to kind of really gain the confidence and gain my grounded and being kind of comfortable with, with, with what I was meant to do and how I was need to be in fast forward 25 years later, you know, I'm surrounded by nothing but kindred spirits. So, <laughs> right. Right. So it really just takes kind of sometimes, you know, all the signs are there. I think as kids, there's these little threads there that are pointing us toward our destiny. Um, but it's really just kind of getting out of our own way and getting really clear, shaking off the, all of our identity so we can really get to the essence of the work that we're meant here meant to do. Oh, that is so true. I was just actually interviewing another person, um, very dear friend of mine this morning, and we were talking about that very same thing. And I know one of the things that I bring up with my clients all the time is really setting aside some quiet time to just go inward. And that's really what, you know, the winter and this uh, season of the year is all about is to really go inward and spend some time connecting with yourself to figure out what those are. You know, why am I here? What am I doing? What are my mm -hmm. unique gifts? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one of, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure later in more in depth, but that's one of my favorite attributes of, of working with earth medicines is it really does help you. We have a lot of people coming who are like, you know, I'm looking for my true North, my purpose. I lost my job. I don't really want to go back to what I was doing, but I kind of don't know what's next. And we're kind of in this collective. Mm. We don't know what's next. <laughs> like, none of us do mm -hmm. um, on a collective level. And what I have witnessed firsthand so profoundly is that with microdosing, it really helps people access that true North within themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you really need to start with knowing yourself before you make any decision and kind of decide things with your mind, really getting to know yourself fundamentally um, at your essence is kind of the first step and foundational to all of it. So that's where working with earth medicines can be really, really helpful um, in times of transition like we're yeah. in right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are, we're individually and collectively experiencing that time of, I, I call it life in the messy. <laughs> it's 
one of my one of my phrases that I've used with people for so many times, you know, so many years. And the other one is that I love. I don't know if you're familiar with Janine Roth, but she's a you know she's a writer from back in the early '80s, a social worker who really focused a lot on eating disorders. And one of her great statements was, "The only way around it is through it." And I, what I have found with plant medicine is that it's allowed me to really continue to go through it, even when it mm-hmm. is messy and there's a big ouch factor involved. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell, tell us a little bit about how you use microdosing with your clients and your groups. Yeah. Happy to. So the thing I, I think I'd love for people to know is it's for everyone. You know, it's, I think people, a lot of people have the misconception that you need to have something wrong with you to fix, mm, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how it's presented, but that's just the framework that we live in, you know, a lot of it's driven by, um, research and, and we want to commodify it so it can be prescribed in some way. So a lot of the, the lens with which we read about these things it you know, it, it addresses things to be fixed, but it's so much more than that. And it's for everyone. So that's where I would like to, to reassure everybody that, um, it's not just for specific issues. Um, I work, um, in groups with people because the group dynamic is so important to Mm. have a a supportive community um, is so important as particularly right now in the last couple of years we've lived through together, but it's also so important for our healing. So we work um, in groups of um, 12 people for our intensive series, which are six to eight weeks long. And mm-hmm. then we have a larger program that we call our community program. Um, that's six months at length, um, with a larger community. So it's people from all over the country, um, of all backgrounds and our age range right now is 22 to 86. Oh my um, God. That's wonderful. It is. It's so much fun. And so it's really diverse in that people come for, you know, some people are coming for physical healing. Some people are coming for, emotional balance, um, easing depression, easing the feeling of isolation, which is really common Mm -hmm. right now. Um, mental balance, focus, recovering from brain fog and cognitive decline. And then we have some people who come for nature connection. You know, they really want to deepen their relationship with nature, spirit source, um, and focus on their spiritual development. So Wow. So great, great areas of, uh, of wellness to uh, really tap into with a lot of people. Yeah. How is it actually having, I, I mean, for me, I would imagine having a group that is so diverse from 22 to 86 would be mm-hmm. wealth of information and gathering and connection. Um, what is that like? It's so much fun. It's so much fun and it's so fulfilling. We learn so much by sharing each other's stories Mm -hmm. Um, and witnessing, you know, I think we know that it's healing to share our story and to speak our truth aloud, but it's also equally healing to witness the healing and truth of another. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's always synergies that happen, serendipities, um, typically on every call, there's like one thing someone shares that changes things, you know, that changes your life sometimes or changes your perspective on something. So in a time right now when it's, there's so much polarization Mm -hmm. um, and everything is focused on division in the media and on social media, um, it's really beautiful to come together, especially spanning generations um, 
and kind of get back to how it can be, you know, where youth can inspire people um, who are older and kind of a little more set in our ways um, and way of thinking about the world. And then the, the older generations um, so have such a great deal of wisdom and eldership to bestow on the younger generation. So combining that with, with medicine practices, I think the ideal. Mm, that is absolutely beautiful. And, and, you know, it's something that's really been lost in our culture. You know, the indigenous populations do, they look up to the elders because they are the wisdom keepers and everyone plays a role and functions together as a unit. Um, and yet our society has really gotten so far away from that. So I, I love that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, over the last, you know, I don't know when it, it began, but with the pharmaceutical rise of the pharmaceutical industry and talk there, you know, we have a system that everything is very one-on-one and individually Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. and isolating in a lot of ways as you, you don't talk about it. You take your prescription and you don't talk about it, but there's no way unless you form it yourself with, with the relationship with a therapist or a support group, it's just not um, in the fabric of our healing networks. um, Like it is in other cultures. One of the most moving pieces I remember um, after the the genocide in Rwanda, I was reading a book about that. And part of what they, they were talking about in the aftermath of that, you know, the people, there was just so much trauma, um, unbelievably, unbelievable, inconceivable amount of trauma that people had to live the rest of their lives with. And uh, very well-meaning, you know, Western psychologists went in to help them recover and the Rwandans said, you know, at one point, like, it's not, they, tr- they tried to do what we do in the West, which is put people in a windowless room one-on-one and talk about the trauma that had occurred to you. And they're like, this is not how we heal. We heal together. We heal outside in the sunlight. We dance together. We drum together. Mm. Um, that's how we heal. That's how our culture heals. And I, that when I read that, that touched me very deeply that we don't have that. Um, and that's a missing piece in our healing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And, and I would imagine that as a somatic therapist, you're very familiar with, again, the healing activities of shaking. <laughs> so, <laughs> when I did my yoga training back in 2014, I've, I've done yoga training twice now. Um, we had the shaking song and it was four and a half minutes of just shaking to this amazing Indian chant. And everybody was just joyful. And by the end of it, we were so energized yet relaxed at the same time. And I actually brought that into some of the corporate wellness programs that I used to do, you know, nationally around here. Um, And it was so interesting. I was with a group of, um, of engineers of all, of all people. And I had them all up shaking. And at least by the end of the four and a half minutes, people were so much more relaxed and connected. It was great. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the shaking, I mean, you're an animal lover too. So we see this in nature too. If you watch (laughs) animals, you know, when they get up or they're transitioning somewhere, they're often do a little shimmy, um, in between their activities and it's, yeah, it's clearing, their energy field, it's, it's shaking off excess energy, um, to shift into the next thing. So we're no different. That would happen a lot as people, um, in our meditation classes in our studio, when people were doing yoga nidra, um, classes or guided meditation, they would often twitch Mm -hmm. a little bit. Their legs would shake and and twitch. And it was an explosive, like why is I should be relaxing. Why are my muscles? And it is, 
you know, and the teacher often had to explain that shaking and twitching is just releasing your nervous system Yep, and discharging. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Are there particular themes that you see with the groups that you work with? Oh gosh, so many, so many. Yeah. I'm actually going to be writing. So we launched our programs just coming up on a year ago and we've had a, about 200 people through the program at this point. And I'm just about to start sharing uh, writing. You know, we've definitely experienced and witnessed a lot of the things you read about, you know, that you see in the news, the easing of depression and anxiety, PTSD symptoms, um, cessation of alcohol use. We've certainly seen those benefits, um, but there's been so much more. So, so much more. So many, many themes. Um, but again, some of them are, you know, things that are more symptom cess cessation and many of the other things are kind of the more spiritual um, and esoteric things that we've witnessed happen. So um, yeah, happy to talk about any and, and any of all of them. Sure, sure, yes. So in terms of physical symptoms, what are the things that you've noticed in your groups um, where microdosing has actually been really beneficial? Any specific symptoms or medical conditions? Sure, yeah. The top one I would say is the improved cognitive functioning. And by mm. that, I mean the nervous system as well as brain function um, specifically. So it's been across the board. So especially last year, we had a lot of people who had COVID early on, kind of many of them before COVID, we even knew it was a thing, um, had long tail symptoms of brain fog mm. and cognitive mm. decline, even though they recovered mostly physically, they still had, um, impairment with memory. Um, they felt their, their thinking was just sluggish, um, that we've seen profound benefit, um, with nervous system. So improved memory, um, improved level of holding, being able to hold a greater level of detail. Mm -hmm. um, in one's mind. And we've had probably now four, four people certain that had, were coming in specifically around traumatic brain injury, mm -hmm. um, who've seen dramatic improvement in their symptoms too. Wow. And this is just with microdosing. Just with microdosing. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. And that, you know, there is some really good research uh, to back that up in terms of actually the changes that actually take place in terms of neurogenesis and increasing brain derived neurotrophic factor and other things that can really support that. So mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in terms of spiritual connection, so um, people with end of life issues, people sort of like in the middle kind of figuring out, well, what does spirituality mean for me? What's my purpose in life? You know, what, what are the, some of the themes around the spiritual nature that you're seeing? All of the above. Um, I think, I think in a nutshell, what people are, what many people are expressing in, in a variety of ways is that you develop a sense and you touch into a sense that there is something more, not someplace we're necessarily going when we're not here, but it's with us all the time. And this has been expressed in, in a great deal of different ways uh, by people, but a, a sense that, you know, earth medicine practice isn't necessarily taking you somewhere else. It's, it's helping you more clearly see and feel what is here all the time. Mm. And so that mm -hmm. leads to a, just a greater sense of faith 
and connection with spirit within oneself, um, directly with the earth, directly with source, um, seeing the sacred and reverence in everyday nature Mm -hmm. in a new way is very common. Um, Having a different relationship with animals has been really profound, something we've seen. Um, And I'm really excited to see this develop because it's been remarkable to witness. I'm a huge animal lover and that's certainly been part of my experience, but to see it happen with so many other people, um, people express that they have a deepened relationship with their own pets, um, a different level of connection with them, but also just animals in, wi- in the wild and nature where they'll be out in nature camping or on hikes and animals don't seem to be afraid of them any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, animals will come into their field and stay longer or make eye contact or let them get really close. And so again, there's like no rational <laughs> explanation for this. There's no way to kind of study this, but it's, it's happened often enough that, um, there's something to that. So I'm looking forward to watching how that evolves to dreams. Also people experience a a lot in their dreams while they're microdosing. So we've had a lot of people who say, you know, I've never been, I've never dreamed. I can't remember when I last dreamed suddenly are able to remember dreams. Um, A lot of people have healing dreams and we call them reclamation dreams. So Um, by reclamation dreams, I mean, kind of dreams from our past of people, this has happened to a number of people, people who have passed that you didn't quite find closure with, or the conversations that you wish you could have had, they came back to them in dreams. They were able to have those conversations, um, and healing, you know, healing, just means to make whole. And so when you're able to have those healing conversations express or grant forgiveness, um, it's profoundly healing. Oh my God. That is so, so beautiful. I I actually Mm -hmm. just did a solo cast and just sent it off to my podcast director minutes before you and I got on. Um, around this topic of closure and, and not being Mm. able to, you know, access the other person where the healing's taken place on my side, but man, would it be nice to be able to have that closure on both, on both sides. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the animal part, and as you and I have been also just posting back and forth on Instagram, (laughs) I have my, my new puppy who's actually being really good right now. Um, I've had, I've had dogs my whole life and all of them have lived until 17 or 18. My last little baby, Tammy, um, was two months shy of 18 when I had to put her to sleep last April. And it was just heartbreaking because she Mm -hmm. had been through so many different challenges and a whole life with me. Um, And it was so funny about a month ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard her barking, woke me right up, get up the next morning. I went for a walk with our, our mutual friend, Shannon. And everywhere I saw a dog or a puppy, they all came up running up to me. And she said, man, have you got the puppy energy today? (laughs) (laughs) I came home that afternoon. I'm on looking for, you know, um, breeders here locally decided to go and meet one on Monday, met Zoe and of course walked out with Zoe. So it's been amazing. But, you know, I feel like again, you know, now that I've been actually witnessing microdosing and its healing impacts for me. I am just so enjoying this process. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Even the sleepless nights and the, the chewed up ankles. (laughs) (laughs) 
it is. I mean, that's one of the things it's so fascinating to work in a group and community with people because you really get to see it's not the same. It's, it's a path and it's an evolving unfolding. Mm. And so it's very different than, um, you know, a pharmaceutical drug experience where you kind of work to find your perfect dose. And then the goal is to stay the same, yep. you know, very reductionistic. Yeah. And whereas working microdosing with earth medicines, it is, it's, it's completely evolving. And so one cycle, you might have a lot of physical uh, benefits happening and then, you might not have anything physical happening for a while, but you're having these deep downloads of, of intuition and instinct or creativity. Um, and so to be able to f- experience that in yourself, but also witness it among other people, yeah, it's very fascinating um, and very heartening. Cause even if you're not experiencing that right now, it's likely when it does, when you do get to that point where you're experiencing that you can look back and have a lot of reference points for it. Yeah. It, it's kind of like splashing the paint on the wall and see where it lands. <laughs> <laughs> and for, unfortunately it is that unpredictable. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the beginning of practice, I work with a lot of beginners and a lot of the, the trick to quote unquote succeeding with earth medicines is surrendering mm. to the process, really surrender to the deeper wisdom of nature. I'm always telling people like, we have only been here a blip, um, in the arc of history and really giving the process over. It's really great to have intentions, but hold, hold them very lightly because oftentimes spirit has much, you know, greater things in its own divine timing in store than we know for ourselves in any given moment. So surrendering to the paint splatter. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I've experienced that myself. I went in uh, just a little over a year ago. My dad passed away from COVID. Um, luckily, we were able to have him out here from Boston for the last seven months of his life. And he got to meet Chloe and spend time with, you know, with, with her. She's two and a half, my granddaughter. Um, but I had gone in for uh, one of my sessions, you know, with my various intentions and, you know, sacred intention setting and whatnot came out with a completely different situation, which was a whole day of bawling my eyes out in grief. And what I realized is that I had held that grief in when my mother passed away. Um, I needed to make sure I took care of the family because my father was hopeless in that respect and helpless. Um, I had to move, you know, very shortly thereafter because I had been ill. And so therefore I had to sell my home. And so like within a three month period of time, all these things took place. And I just had been holding on to grief, grief, and grief. And it was an explosion, and, but it was such an amazing catharsis. And I was really, really grateful knowing that that was related to the medicine. So it was like, I went in for one reason, but it directed me where I needed to go. Yeah. It's yeah. It gives you what you need when you're ready mm-hmm. for it. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that example. Cause that comes up all the time. Um, you know, a lot of times when people ask me like, well, what are the side effects? What are the side effects of microdosing or, you know, why do people quit or what can go wrong? (laughs) They often ask that. And honestly, I think the number one quote unquote side effect is that it helps you feel more. Mm -hmm. Your your feelings are more clarified. And so if you have never allowed yourself to feel fully before or express your feelings, well, it's going to be kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, 
overwhelming at first. So knowing that that's possible, um, it's good to be in a place where you know that that can happen. Um, the two most common kind of uncomfortable for the most part, people kind of begin their process and it's only beneficial, um, for the most part, but I would say the people who have kind of a, a more challenging beginning, it's typically one of two things. They feel like you described exactly what you described, a lot of grief and a kind of a deep welling. And for those who don't know, aren't able to connect the dots right away, that's why it's nice to have that support and that mirror of a group to go, mm -hmm. well, why is this coming up? It's like, and eventually they connect the dots and go, oh, my, my father passed away two years ago and I just threw myself into work. And I just didn't really give myself the space because I had to have my act together. Like I couldn't, I couldn't break down. And that's when we tend to kind of fall apart is when our life is in that everything's great. We're in a supportive relationship. We have a great community. And then the wheels start to come off and we wonder like, what is going on? Why is this happening now? Everything's so great. And it's, it's because you, your spirit knows you're safe to fall apart now. Yeah. So grief, grief is very common and fatigue is the other one we see mm -hmm. and fatigue. There's always, we, we laugh in the groups now because we've been doing it long enough where there's always one person who just gets knocked out. Like, they're like, I don't know what's going on. Everybody else is having these amazing, magical, you know, productive days and benefits. And I just have to go to bed at seven 30 at night. Like what is going on? And again, usually in hindsight, they witness that the deeper wisdom of the medicines is they needed to slow down to feel, to heal you know, healing happens slowly and with rest, um, and sleeping and the person who typically experiences fatigue at the outset is like the extreme go-getters in life. You know, I can, <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm guilty. <laughs> I, I always say it's the person who owns a couch, but they never, ever, ever lay on it. Um, they're never like, they're always on the go. They have really full calendars. Um, they have a million projects going on and they thrive on that. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's spirit's way of slowing you down so that you can heal in the areas that you need to heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I have come a long way, baby, but I got to tell you, I mean, there, there are times that I can really get caught back up in those old behavior patterns. So I have definitely experienced that. There are some days that I feel sharp. Uh, from the microdosing, and I love the combination with the lion's mane. Um, in other days, where I just go, man, I'm like, I'm exhausted today. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's very yeah. real. Yeah, yes. and you work through it. It's it's a lot of it's just trusting that it'll get better. Um, what I have witnessed in people is after you go through a cycle where you're having more grief or you're having greater fatigue, if you're just willing to kind of sit with the discomfort and trust and stick with it. Um, it's on the heels of that come the big openings and mm. the big expansion. So it's, it's almost like clearing the lens, you know, yeah, of, yeah. you see in a new way. And so personally, I had an experience like you, where I went through one, one stretch of time where it was a lot of old, deep grief being shed. And it was once I got through that phase, I had amazing intuitive gifts come in mm -hmm. um, that were only possible. I think we're there all the time, but it's like the deep grief 
what's kind of hiding it and concealing that a bit. So, Mm -hmm. wow, that's beautiful. And I know you've also gone through a major transition this year as well. You know, with given all the (laughs) COVID business, you had to close your in or you chose to close your in-person practice. Mm -hmm. So tell us what that's been like, because you had built that for years and now you're virtual, but it sounds like you're doing amazing virtually. Yeah. And I give, I give medicine practice a a great deal of the credit um, for that transition. So yeah. And I had opened four studios over eight years and we had a team of, I think, 72, 72 practitioners um, when we went into COVID Uh and yeah, it was beautiful. We were in two different counties in Northern California and had beautiful services for the community at a time where we were really needing those services and support um, and guidance for the public. And we're out here in California. Um, so Jewel, as you know, in San Diego, like California was closed probably the longest in the country um, we sheltered. And so our businesses were closed so long that it became impossible Hmm. financially to, you know, with no revenue coming and covering for rents and overhead um, for 400 plus days in some cases. So um, yeah, I had to make the really difficult decision of what was, you know, in many ways, my life's work (laughs) Um, and transition. So it was emotionally very painful. It was a lot of loss, a lot of grief. Um, a lot of heartache, very financially devastating uh, for me personally. But I give the medicines credit because I had been working with them um, for some time already. And I think one of the medicines for me, it really, as I spoke to a bit earlier, it really helps you touch into your essence mm-hmm. and your purpose of why you're here. And once you know that really deeply, it almost doesn't matter how it manifests in the world because you're going to find a way to manifest it in a new way. Mm-hmm. So it was really, while it was really challenging, it was almost spirit made it very, very easy for me because it was like, they gave me a shoot <laughs> to, to move into the work that I am meant to do in the way I meant to do it. And so I was so excited, enthusiastic, and passionate about the work I do now that um, it's really just the same essence of of why I'm here, which is to help people heal, Mm -hmm. um, to tap into their own innate healing, to empower other healers, to bring their gifts to the world. And I I still am doing that. I'm just doing it in a brand new way. Yeah. Yeah. What I see the challenge now for people is there were a handful of us that the pandemic completely obliterated our identity and what we were doing, our work, um, our home. Some people had to move. Some people lost their, their work and their identity. And it almost forced you. It forced, it forced the issue in a way to, to find your truth versus now. I think the challenge for people is it's, it has to be a conscious choice for Mm -hmm. you to leave the old behind. Yeah. Even though you're not happy, you're not fulfilled, you're not living your purpose. It has to be a difficult choice where you might have to leave a relationship. You might have to live in a different part of the country. Um, It means losing a lot of your old identity. And in some ways it's, it was a gift to kind of just have it taken away from me. (laughs) You know, I I literally had no choice. I was kind of improvising. Um, 
every day as best I could um, and just really focused on who I am and why I'm here and, and the work I meant to do. Whereas now I spend a lot of time comforting and holding space for people who are making those really difficult decisions um, when they still have a choice. You know, it's more of a conscious choice that they need to, to make. Sure, sure. And certainly fear can get in the way. There's no doubt. It's like, you know, do I have any guarantee of what's in front of me? Uh-uh, not at all. Yeah. Our little human brains love certainty, even when it's bullshit. <laughs> so, we like to know what's going to happen next. And we honestly, in our own lives and in the world, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's why when you really know yourself um, and you know your purpose, it, it makes it easier because you can just adapt Yeah, that much yeah. easier. Yeah, that's, no, that's be- absolutely beautiful, beautiful. And what are the gifts and challenges that you see in this new online world? Hmm. <laughs> I, I think um, I doubted at the beginning of the pandemic because um, everything with everything I've ever done has been so personal. You know, and, and I thought it required being face-to-face with people, um, to establish that trust and kind of knowing really, truly knowing someone. Um, but I was really wrong. I've been really amazed at how much connection can be there through our little zoom screens. Right. (laughs) Um, and you still get every bit of sense of the person's spirit and personality, um, across the ether technology wise. So that has been a really pleasant surprise. And for me, the greatest gift has been just how many people you can touch, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. when you're not in a brick and mortar, it's very limiting to your own community, but we have such diversity. Like I love being able to get the perspective of, you know, people living in Georgia, Mm -hmm. you know, or people living in the Northeast. It's, it's really good for us um, as a people, I think, to share our stories right now from a diverse audience. So yeah, it's so it's absolutely so needed. It's interesting because I um, entered the world of telehealth before mm-hmm. it was even a thing. Um, yeah, I, I had uh, a rare leukemia. I was quarantined for a number of months. And it was one of my psychiatry uh, colleagues who said to me, why don't you do Skype? And so that's before I Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I said, ah, oh, but I love being with people. And um, it was one of my clients that I had worked with for many, many years. And she was a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And she said, your energy came through that screen with no problem. And I said, okay, I'm signed up. I'm doing it. So I totally agree. You know, we can certainly connect with people um, in so many, many areas, which is wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So what three tips do you have to offer people in this confusing world of healthcare, mental health care, spirituality? <laughs> <laughs> Confu- confusing is a good word. Yes, it is confusing. I think first and foremost is to get really super curious. You know, there's so much that we don't know yet that Mm -hmm. is going to be discovered in the coming years. It's going to be a really exciting time. It's daunting the the level of unknown we have, but it's going to be really exhilarating at the same time with how much we're going to learn about how much we don't know, particularly about healing. So I would say, get curious, um, be open, empower yourself, be open to a variety of voices and ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, and just trusting that everything is healable. 
you know, for me, you and I share a passion around women's health mm-hmm. and women are so deeply impacted by what we, what we call chronic conditions or mm-hmm. conditions that have no cure. And I really invite everybody to kind of reshape our thinking around that, that everything is healable, you know, that a lot of these things, there's nothing wrong with us. It's, we are have done our best to adapt to a very sick world and systems. And it's really up to us healing ourselves and recreating those systems to better reflect and nurture life and be life supportive. And so I think sometimes we get stuck in the narrative of I'm a sick person Mm -hmm. and I have this Mm -hmm. chronic condition. So that would be my top tip is really empower yourself um, that everything is healable. Yeah. Would be top. Yes. Curiosity, empowerment. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and ask those questions. You know, the other thing about that in terms of women's health is that most of the studies have been done on men. So, you know, we're comparing apples and oranges right at the get-go and women, uh, you know, have conventionally been looked at as hysterical. <laughs> so that's, you know, well entrenched in the psychiatry as well as in medicine. Um, so we have to really, you know, get up to speed in terms of women are different. That doesn't mean that they are sick or that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And the other thing that um, is so true is that we can all heal, but that doesn't necessarily mean a cure. And right. I looked at it that way, even in terms of around my own cancer is that I can, I may heal this, I may not cure it, but kept on the path. And I think that that's a really important, you know, distinction for us to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Healing has no end goal. You know, Mm-mm. there is, no. it's, it's ongoing. And I like to tell people at the outset to, you know, whether in a six week program or a six month program, we're just opening the door. Like this is literally just opening the door to your healing path and it's going to be a lifelong and you're not going to cure everything in the end of the six weeks. You know, not only are you bringing a lifetime of experience into this process today, but you're also bringing, you know, we know from epigenetics that we're bringing four generations back. So we carry with us our stuff, but Mm -hmm. we're also carrying the stuff of our parents Mm -hmm. and our parents' parents. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it that way, it's like, okay, that's a tall order that I'm taking care of my great grandparents (laughs) traumas and stuff too. So yeah, have a long view, have a long perspective. And I couldn't agree more. When it comes to women's health, um, I feel like a lot of, there's such power in sharing our stories and talking about the things. And what I've been really inspired by is in our microdosing groups, there's been a lot of, um, female healers coming as a female nurses and physicians and health professionals that are working in areas like focusing more and more and more on menopause, on menstruation around specific issues and galvanizing women to share their stories around this. And Mm -hmm. that's deeply healing to learn what works, you know, as we, as we work to move outside of kind of the, the health insurance box. Mm-hmm. of what is possible, you know, or what is allowed and what we have permission to do, getting back to more natural remedies um, and lifestyle remedies. And we're, we're really learning more from each other at this point than we are from the conventional Western medicine framework. So um, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. that women's health is women healing, helping women heal, I think is one of the keys because we are you know, it's in our nature to 
be the, the healers um, in partnership with the earth. So we can't do that if we're all tired <laughs> all the time, <laughs> you know, when we're affected by these chronic conditions and our energy is low, I think as we heal, um, the, the earth heals alongside us. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully stated. Oh my goodness. This has been absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your oh, wisdom my, with us today. My how pleasure. can people, how can people connect with you, Casey? Oh, easy, easy, easy. I'm online. So our, our community is located at microdosingforhealing.com. Um, we have all the information about our six week as well as our six month program are on the website and I'm personally super easy to find. You can find me on all the social platforms and reach out on LinkedIn to connect with me there. Perfect. Perfect. And spell your name. (laughs) K-A-Y-S-E. And my last name is G-E-H-R-E-T. Beautiful. Thanks for that. You are so welcome. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Awesome. And if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and share it with your friends, your family, and your coworkers. I'm on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. And you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at Julie Freeman Mindful Wellness, and on Julie Freeman YouTube, Functional Medicine, La Jolla. Until next time.